Blog Talk Radio. You're now tuning in to Number One Prince of Airwaves with your host, Prince George. Here we go. On Warfare Radio Alliance on Block Talk Radio. What up, what up, what up, y'all? Welcome to Number One Prince of Airwaves. I'm your host, Prince George, y'all. All right, y'all. Today, today's show is going to be a eye-opener for everybody today. I've been telling everybody for the longest that I have been working my brain, working my fingers to the bone to bring you guys some great guests for the show. Um, those of you who are, you know, like I've been telling you guys forever. So today I have secured an interview with a very, very, very talented um, um, woman, businesswoman, a guru, a guru of many different uh, talents. Um, one, someone I had the pleasure to uh, grow, um, grow up around, and some, in some fashion or way, have learned from, and actually toured with, uh, um, toured with selling books and things of that nature, and stuff like that or whatever. But of course, that will come up today, um, at at uh, four forty uh, today. So until we go into that. Um, which is a matter of a few minutes. So um, before you do that, you heard the, let me go introduce the show real uh, the right way. You heard the red lines, the blue lines, the green lines, and things of that nature, but there's the red, black, white, and silver, y'all. Welcome to Normal Perspective. I'm your host, Prince George, y'all. All right, before we, while we go, uh, we're about to go into a song right now, right away. And this song is entitled All I Want to Be, y'all, written by Joseph Easley. For Easy Trinity Music One, for Wars on Record, y'all. And uh, this song is the uh, artist is uh, Baby G, and it's off of the uh, Bugs Becoming soundtrack, y'all. All I ever wanted to be, all I ever wanted to be, yo, wanted to be. All I ever wanted to be, yo, wanted to be. All I ever wanted to be is a good boy, good man, good son, good brother, good grandson, and husband. Seen is good with the room to be better, better yet, wonderful. Got sons, even when people try to say or pretend that I wasn't. But because people sometimes don't try to give me the time of day, stuck to myself and let the God lead the way. Feeling ready, feeling real good today. And the day ain't even over, and I got a sense of scope of how I feel. Leaving people on their own mental trip of that. But in fact, I got on my knees and prayed for things to be better. That song is entitled All I Ever Want to Be, written by George Sauce Easley for Easy Trinity Music One for Wars on Record, y'all. And that song is off the Bugs Becoming soundtrack, y'all. All right, y'all. We're about to go into another song. And this song, particular song is entitled uh, Badge of Honor, y'all, written by George Sauce Easley for Easy Trinity Music One for Wars on Record, y'all. Uh, 
the movie is, by the way. But this song is uh, written by uh, Dale Anderson and performed by Dale Anderson and posed by Easy Trinity Music One. Four words on record, y'all. And uh, the song's off of the soundtrack by the same name of Badge of Honor by Trinity Music Entertainment and Wars on Comedy Show.
All right, guys. Like as promised, I'm going to introduce one of the brilliant minds that I've ever known, and one of the smart, one of the smartest people that, um, and I like I said, I've learned a lot from. So, my honor guest, Miss Dr. Rosie Milligan. Hello. Hello. How are you? How are you doing, uh, Ms. Milligan? Guys, I call her Ms. Milligan, um, but after Dr. Rosie Milligan. <laughs> so you guys. I'm, doing good. I'm doing great. So thank you for taking the time to be a guest on my show. I've, I've, um, it is very honored to even be in talking to you or interviewing you on the show particularly. I'm happy to do it. Happy to be with you because I admire what you're doing. I've admired you for years for what you're doing. I'm really proud of your work. How could I say no? I could. Um, so my question, my first question. Um, okay. I know that I know you for all the contributions you made in Los Angeles and probably other cities and states and everywhere else that I probably don't have no knowledge of particularly and all the things you've done uh, from life, like with life uh, state planning um, and a lot of other business ventures, right? Yeah. So like, well, take me okay, go ahead. It's like estate planning, you know, I'm publishing. I've done uh, credit consultation because so many people really jacked up in that area. And business consultation for people who are actually starting out their business because many people are in business by default. It wasn't their intention at all to be in a business, but their jobs laid them off or the company closed up, so they took their service pay, and they said, well, I started my own business because I can't get a job. So when people go into business by default, that means they're not prepared. They haven't taken the courses, the training, the seminars. They just say, well, i got to do something, so I start my own business. So as a business consultant and coach, I found that to be very important, particularly in our community because a lot of people are trying to start their own business because they say, well, I don't want to work for anybody else. But not to have the proper information, you're doomed to fail. So that's why I do a lot with business consultations also. But how did you, but how, but with all the experience you've done for everyone else, how did you get started in business or who drove you into the arms of business and stuff? Well, I tell you, I consider myself, I hail from South America. I tell people better known as Mississippi. My father was a farmer, and people sometimes would say to me, Dr. Milton, don't tell people that your father was a farmer, you picked cotton, you did this. And I say, it doesn't matter what you was, it's what you are today. That experience was great for me because my father was a farmer, but uh, Prince, he owned the farm. It made a difference. He owned the farm. So I grew up understanding ownership because we were able to go to school anytime we wanted to, and there was children who were sharecroppers who didn't own their own self and, and their business, they could only go to school uh, when it was raining because they had to uh, work on farms and that kind of stuff. So I started selling watermelons at the age of nine years old. And people would say to me, 
uh, which one is good, little girl? I would stomp it, you know, because my dad had taught me, and I said, this one. So I've been in business as a little girl, and I understand the importance of owning your own. So that's what inspired me with my family. And the other person who inspired me, reading, that's why I love literacy. Reading is so critical because when I read the story of Madam C.J. Walker, how she started her business with a dollar and 50 cents, and I see people with far more than that, and they're waiting for a loan. If I can't get an SBA loan, I can't do my business. I was moved by those women who took what they had and started a great business. Madam C.J. Walker, I would say she started first. You really could say multi-level marketing business with a hair product. And Mary McLeod Bethune, she started her school with like a dollar and fifty cents. So these women, I felt, wow, if they can be successful and do it, I can too. So I was motivated by those women. So what was your, I mean, besides growing up selling watermelon and things of that nature, as an adult, what was the first business you ventured out into that you that you became either you either was successful at or you felt that 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 provoked that got you to uh, really got intrigued with even doing business even more? Uh, the first business was a record shop. We had a record shop over there on Vermont near where SC is. But at that time. I was working as a registered nurse. I've always, even when I worked for Corporate America, and I'm glad I did spend time in Corporate America because it really set me apart from a lot of people who just got laid off, the the job shut down, and they started a business. So being in Corporate America, I really learned a lot that you can take away with you into your own business. You learn the management. You learn uh, how the business runs because a lot of people I've seen work for a company, say, auto mechanic or whatever, and they look at all the customers, they look at all the money coming through, and they go, shoot, I'm doing all this for them. I can do it for myself. But the piece that they didn't get, well, you're doing all this work, but how did you get the customers that you're doing the work for? That's the part that's missing because they haven't had the training, and they haven't work in an area where they can see what's really going on. You understand what I'm saying? I've heard people, they say it all the time, I can do this for myself. But there's marketing pieces. There's so much. Uh, you got to see how did the customer get there. So the record shop, when I was doing that, I also was working in the hospital as a nurse. And when I worked in the hospital as a nurse, I love sales. I looked at the fact and I said, wow, these people, that, you know, who's making good money nursing, so I got my insurance license. I got my real estate license so I could sell to them. So I've always been in a business. So it okay. just went on from there. Okay. Um, so I know recently, like, I know when I lived in an area where you your shop is, and your shop was, it was called, always called Milligan Books. But I noticed that recently, I think you're, you changed your name. And what, what was the purpose and reasoning for the name change? Okay. What happened is I want, that was the business I was turning over to my son. Because, you know, I believe in uh, legacy building. And I think that we should uh, turn business over or help our children start their own businesses. Well, my son really didn't want to, to, to walk under my shadow 
like when he would go places, people would never say, this is Cedric, this is Dr. Milligan's son. Now, when you're dealing with, uh, with children, they, even a husband, people say, this is Dr. Milligan's husband. When do they have a name? So he wanted his own identity. So when I turned the business over to him, then he wanted change to classic one books. So that's how that got started. And I've been in there working with him the whole time, you know, as his mentor, his role model, and uh, that's how that happened. Okay. So I was reading on your bio that you have um, you have at least 17 books out? I have what 26. I've written 26 okay. books, and I've published over 350 for other authors. Okay, so what is the what is this, the twenty six books about, or are they just vary in different uh, uh, different, different categories? Different category. The first book I wrote was starting the business makes simple because I understood years and years back when other people felt like send your kids to college, get a good education, get a good job, and I've been preaching for years and years. You know, uh, go to school, get a good education. If you get a job get one, learn what you can learn, open your own business. I know that business ownership, entrepreneurship is the basis for economic growth and economic empowerment and for financial legacy. Uh, You know, I knew that even before technology came in and started shutting a lot of people out and making what they had trained for in school, knowing thought is somehow that I've always been is they tell me, you're just ahead of your time. You see stuff that we don't see. And people come to me and say, well, you said that. So I did start a business, make simple, and then I did getting out of debt, make simple. Because if people get out of debt, they're able to save money where they can start their own business. So I knew that was very critical. And then once I did those books, then I started dealing with relationships. I started dealing with the book. Satisfying the Black Man, Section Made Simple, Satisfying the Black Woman. I did that book. It's not a section methodology. It's to have uh, black folks take a look at their orientation uh, and why they think and feel the way they do, that feels, that hang up, and why stereotypes that have impacted how they feel themselves and how other people feel about them. So all of my books are books that really deal with personal development, how people to see themselves. Then I did the book, uh, Creating a Budget Makes Simple. That is so important. Then Understanding Credit Makes Simple. So as you can see, I deal with the heart of what's troubling people that can help them empower them, themselves and for them to be able to teach their children you know, important. They're family books. Okay. Um, so, with that, I I know that you ha- you're planning you're doing uh, for the last several years. Uh, you've done the Black Rose a thing called the Black Rose on Tour. What is the Black Rose on Tour, and what is its purpose? Uh, Black Rose on Tour is really a literary, a literary organization, and the purpose of that is I think it's important for us to be able to tell our stories. That's really critical. Because if we don't, we will soon be written out of history if we don't tell the story. But there are so many things uniquely that we have done, and other people have come up and claimed that they started it. So as the years go on, whatever is written is what people are going to believe. 
And I believe that if we only could share our stories, how powerful would it be? Every time I think about the people who could not read, people in the middle passage, people who were forbidden to learn how to read and write and, and left this earth without telling their story, think about how tall we would stand if we had their knowledge. Their knowledge is in the cemetery. That's why I tell writers, you cannot tell your story from the grave. So it's important. What if, if they had not written about Madam C.J. Walker? That's who inspired me to, 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 to propel to greatness. Uh, Mary Bacalma, what if those stories had not been written? So it's so important. So what really inspired me also with Black Lives on Tour, we focus on read. Can you read? Read. But writing is so critical. It is so critical because if people judge you, uh, Prince George, by the way you write, by your spelling, they'll look at it. If you, you do not write well, they'll throw what you have written in the trash. Judges on down, lawyers, anybody. But when you can really write, you know, they have to take a look at it. They will see you as being unintelligent. If you don't write well, you don't spell well, you don't know how to hook it up. So I wanted people to move into the fact that writing was important, and I wanted children to fall in love with reading at an early age. That's why I have the children's writing contest every year. You know, and I tell parents, even if you don't like reading, just sit down with the book and let you act like you're reading. You know, it's so critical. So the Black Rising Tour encompassed all of that, writing, inspiration, author sharing uh, from across the country. When you talk to other authors and they say, this is what I did to be successful, it's just that um, it, it's, just, it's a powerful event. And the good thing about it, each year, that at least 10 people come through that conference end up becoming writers. That's why we have so many writers out here, Prince George, because People start coming to the writers' conference. They would see you. They see other people, and they go, "Well, shoot! If he can do it, I can do it too." So that conference have inspired so many people to write their books and start their own publishing company. Absolutely, I I remember um, funny story. I remember talking to you some time ago about um, when I was starting out to do. Um, we were starting out the our company Warzone Company was starting out. To, so working on books and things of that nature. And I remember I didn't have a publish we didn't have a publisher to publish our uh, books. And I remember talking to you about publishing our um our books at first. And then you invited me into the your shop in order to talk to a client about doing art. And turns out at the end of the day I I didn't get the job or whatever, but I learned a lot about uh, publishing from you, and I remember getting my first application from you about getting um, about publishing and, and t- learning how to get a publishing company and how to publish and what was the importance of publishing and stuff. So I, I really thank you for that information for for sure. Well, I always share. I helped at least thirty-five people start their own publishing company. Because when I first started out, I started publishing all these different people's books. And then I decided, let's give them their own autonomy where I would help them get started. And once their book 
uh, show them how to get national distribution, and then all the money belongs to them. Because I don't want to be a part of, like, the publishing company. They give you a small advance if they give you any, and you get maybe 10% of the book sales. I feel if you wrote the book, that's your intellectual property. And we're giving away too much. Our people, same thing in the song industry, how they sing, and then the, the other people, you know, who get them out there make the money. I think it's time that we make the money from our own intellectual property. So I help anyone who's trying to start their own public company. In fact, I wrote a book on how to start and run and manage your own public company. And people would say to me, Prince George, why are you teaching them that? That's what you do. You've got to understand that what's for you is for you, and you should always open the door and share with other people. I mean, I've been doing this for 30-something years. I'm tired. I refer people to other folks who I know are publishing and know how to do that different genre. So I just hope anyone listening will always be open to bring somebody else along. I want people to be out there publishing. I'm not going to be here always, so I should want the word to get out. So I just hope everybody feels that same way. So question, what does it take to plan an event or what does it take for you? Because you've been at it so long. What does it take for you to plan uh, like an event, like such a like Black Resume Tour? It's easy for me now. It's really like cookie cutter. Remember, I've done it for 26 years. So I already have my publishing packages together. I have my sponsorship letters. So every year at a certain time around October, I start sending my uh, sponsorship packages out, uh, my uh, the the uh, exhibit forms and everything. All you have to do is really change the, the date and the time. So it's cookie cutter. But one thing I can tell you that it takes in planning an event like this, you really need to get a team, find people who believe in what you're doing, and you have to when you start out, Prince George. You really gonna have to put your own money. I can't stress that enough. Because some people start a nonprofit and they have no, no money and they want sponsors to, to participate. But they are looking at, if I give you a grant, what do you have already? So you really need to have a little seed money. So I saved my money and I knew that if I didn't get a sponsorship, I would never have to cancel my event. So by me doing the event and having exhibit booth, the money that the people paid for the exhibit booth. Now, I'm sure you've been to places where they don't get people there. Only somebody there is just the vendors buying from each other. That's because these organizations tend to take the money for the exhibit booth, and they spend it. It's like a business for them. But I put all that money into advertising. And you know how I do commercials. I put out 50,000 flyers because it's important to me to get the people there. So the vendors will want to come back. So it, it's easy for me, but like I say, you do need seed money. And please, please, anyone doing an event, do not use this word. I just do it by word of mouth. That is not the way you have to get into some marketing strategy. And it's easier for you all now than it was for me because when I started, we didn't have Facebook, TikTok, all of that. So that there's so much that you can do now. So it's it's easy, but if you don't know how to do it, don't blunder and make mistakes. Get a mentor. Get someone who's been doing it. 
Ask them for a consultation. Now, when I say that, because a lot of people want a consultation, they want me to tell them how to do it. Don't be afraid to pay for a consultation versus bumping your head and doing it the hard way. And one person said to me, well, why would you charge for a consultation? And I'm saying if I did consults all day and I couldn't get my work out that pay my bill and keep me going, that would not make sense at all. I'm saying that to say, folks, I have paid for consults myself. You know, if I wanted to, when I wanted to learn about uh, marketing, uh, digital marketing, I went to a class. I paid a person as a consultant. I can't stress that enough. Amen. You see what I'm saying? That's important. Now, see, you know how to market well. You know how to get your stuff out there. But I'm sure you took some seminars or you had a mentor. You watched how somebody else did it, right? Absolutely. I've I've been to a lot of seminars, been to school, and I did it by trial and error as well, like, in the beginning, like in the beginning, I did about trying to error, and I realized what I didn't do right. And mm-hmm. seminars, and I've even talked to you a couple of times about, I uh, think about different things, and and being on Black Rose on tour, and I've seen how things was, was going, and I was like, oh, okay, I see what I messed up. I see where I messed up. Like, okay, I got it. I got it. And starting working on little fine tuning things and stuff. So yeah, I, I yeah. For sure. And and, and, and some business, some authors, and even, you know how we had the uh, Black Business Expo had vendors included with our, you have people trying to get their product out, and they'll say, well, I don't want to pay for a booth. And we've had people come to the uh, conference who just walk around and pass their flyers out and try to talk to people. And a lot of times people don't have respect for you when they see you kind of bootlegging. So you that, that's part of advertisement to have a booth. And it's not the major thing I can say to authors and to, to vendors too. It's not how many sales you make while you're on that floor. It's the connection. There are people who will call me after the event, even as far as a year later. They say, remember I met you at Black Lives on Tour. I met you at the Black Business Expo. So I want people to understand it's not about sales. It's really about having your face. It's about branding yourself. If every time they look up, they see you in your books, pretty soon they're going to say, you know what, I saw him at this event. Let me get this book. They really got to see it more than one time most times. Uh, like, it was funny that you mentioned um, before social media and Sometimes I laugh at it because I just laughed at it because I was around my company is around too before there was social media. Warzone Comics been around for over a little over twenty years, and mm-hmm. before social media, for before Yahoo and all that other stuff. So when you right. mentioned the idea before social media and stuff, I I can really vouch for the idea of of that. Question for you. Um, I know you. I know you did a TV show and you uh, did a radio show. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you still do a radio show, correct? Right. I still do Express Yourself Hour on every Tuesday. All right. Do you want to give the information to people so they can tune into your uh, radio yes. show as well? Sure. They can go to my website, Dr. Rosie, 
dot com. That's D R no period, just D R R O S I E dot com, and you can click on. You'll see uh, Express Yourself, my radio spot there. And every Tuesday, all they have to do is go to the website and click on, and we have a vast, uh, you know, line of topics. So it's it's a good show to look at. We have callers from all across all over the world, really, because you know how that happens on internet. Yeah, with all the things that you technically do in your business ventures and many many different business ventures, probably more than me. But have you ever? I don't know. Quite a bit. Have you ever got it to a point to get to a place where you ever ever cross your mind ever of ever giving up on your business or? Started in different business or going into a different profession, or has always been what you're doing right now as a actual company with uh, publishing and um, and all other things you're technically doing currently. I've always been in the business and in the profession of helping people achieve what they want in life. Of helping people, I started out in accounting. And I realized that I'm real a piece of person, not pushing tape in the of this and trying to make some figure come out right. That's why I switched over to nursing. And then that, that was helping people. And I became nursing director, nursing instructor with helping students. I was a nursing director at LA Job Corps, helping disadvantaged students uh, to get into the nursing profession and to start their life. So I've always been in business or helping others achieve what they want. But I've never, ever had any inkling of giving up on anything. I may have just added something on, and uh, Prince George people always would say to me that, you uh, you know, you can't be a jack-of-all-trades, then you'll be a master of none. I, de- I debunked that because everything that I have laid my hand to, I've been successful at all of that, and I want people to not be discouraged with people telling them, well, man, you're trying to do too much. You know, they've even referred to me sometimes, Dr. Milligan, she is a Jamaican. You know, all types of stuff. I'm sure you've had people to 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 tell you that they thought you were giving in too much, right? Absolutely. I mean, they, trust me, the, was doing comics and doing movies and radio and other stuff, yeah, I've had that talk and artists don't discover to don't be discovered to they're dead and all that otherness, and still sometimes go through it, but, like, it's, it's you know, it's when you have mentors like yourself and facing yourself, facing God ultimately, and have that great team, you kind of be like, yo, all right, cool, I get it. You you don't see the point in, in what you're doing, so I get it. You don't get the point in it, so I can't – I I made it this point to make it in my mind, to be honest. I'm not sure if you have this thing. I'm not going to please everybody. I don't make okay. my product <laughs> everybody. Not everybody's going to appreciate what I make and do and stuff. And I make it for those who are going to appreciate it, to, to appreciate the wisdom, the knowledge, the, the funny, the seriousness, and what we technically do as a company. And if they accept it, great. If I reach one person, to be honest, I'm cool with that. If I reach more than that, then I'm even is even better for me. And you and you do well. All the things you do, 
you're doing well. And some people think that they can't. I remember having this conversation when I said to people like 30 years ago, they said, you just find your niche and fill it. I said, okay, what happens when technology put your niche out the box? Then what are you going to do then? Now people realizing what I was saying always should be doing more than one thing, okay? That is really critical. It would be so frightening for me, uh, Prince, if I had one job, I had kids in college, had a house to pay for, and had one job, one source of income. That would be so frightening to me because of that business shut down and job lay you off. I don't see how people operate that way. I really don't. I'm telling you, that would be so frightening for me to think that I only had one stream of income. You know, and and if you see all the different businesses that I do, I do them well. So I don't want people to think, oh, you can't do but one thing. You can't master. You can master everything you lay your hands to. If you have the skill set and you have the mindset and the tenacity, you can do it. And that message I really want to get over to people. Don't get locked into all I can do is just one thing. I remember when I was in the real estate business, because I we used to have a real estate school, and I think it was nineteen in the nineteen hundreds something. Uh, there was a crisis in real estate. A lot of people in the real estate office they were closing they they office down. You know it was tough, like it was in two thousand eight. And I remember this lady said to me, "Milgan, what you're going to do? I'm going to have to close." I said, "I'm a nurse. I'm a registered nurse. I go do private duty. I can take care." Uh, a patient at home. So when they shut down, I could keep my office going because I had another stream of income. So when the real estate opened back up, I was there to catch the flow. They had to start all over again. So I hope I'm making my point to, to talk about how important it is to have more than one stream of income, and you can do it all well. Now, some people wonder how I get the time uh, to do all the stuff I do. Let me give you the formula. I don't have the time because I don't sit up and watch TV all day. I don't sit up and watch TV till 11 o'clock at night. I don't watch, stay up to watch the 11 o'clock news so they're going to tell it again in the morning. So you you have to develop some strategy. So there are some people, they have to get their five hours a day in watching TV. I don't do that. I read a lot and and I enjoy my life. Some people think, well, what do you do? I do a lot. But I don't watch it. I don't put in hours watching TV that the average person does. So that's why I can be successful with what I do. Okay. Is there any topics that we we haven't covered that you want to cover about your yourself, about your company, about branding, about writing, or any other topics you may want to cover? Well, I would. Branding is important. You know, what a lot of entrepreneurs do, they get so bogged down with their business. They don't go to seminars. They don't go to other folks' events. They're behind that desk. They're doing everything. They're the janitor, and then they don't want to hire anybody else. It may not be full-time. You might need to just hire somebody to help you part-time or just uh, farm out different jobs for them to do. Because when you're in business and you're running everything, and you don't have any assistance, that's a piss-poor business because if you get sick, 
or not just sick, if you're in an accident and you're in the hospital a month, or, uh, then what happened to your business? Folks, it is important to set your business up in a way that if you get sick, your business can go on. Otherwise, you don't have a business. Now, Prince George, you know Tim who works for me. Tim can do almost everything that, that, that I can do and that I can't do. I could call him from home or from a hospital bed and say, do this. And this is what I see in most business. They don't have a backup in case something happened to them. Get out. Go places. Brand yourself. Every time events are there, even if you don't have a booth or whatever, show up. And people will remember your face, remember your brand. And if you have, uh, you can have a T-shirt, you can have a, a mug, something that people will always remember you. So people know me, you know, Dr. Rose, I brand myself on every place. You know that. And and, and now it's so easy to do because, I mean, I'm an email queen. I'm going to be sending something, put something on Facebook. But send something, not always send something to get people to buy your product. Send information. Send tips. Uh, send updates on something. Not always every time somebody gets your email, you're trying to sell them something. Let people know that you care about them and that you just, you, you learn something different, you hear something. You, well, did you know? You know, with this tidbit information, here's some tips. Here's a new scam. Don't get caught in this one. That's the kind of stuff I do. I brand myself in that area by giving something to people. Versus always asking people to buy from me. Now, that's really important. So I, I want all entrepreneurs to really uh, think about that. What are you giving versus what are you asking for? Give sometimes. Um, do you still do uh, your Toastmasters or your speech uh, seminars? I don't. I don't. I've just been too busy to do that, but I'm glad you mentioned that. I think it's really important for anyone in business, whether you're a writer or in a, a conventional, traditional business, Toastmaster is an excellent format for you. Why do I say that? Because I have brought people on my talk show, and I'm sure you have too. They don't know how to be a good guest. You ask them a question, they actually, they start lecturing as if they're on the stage giving a speech. You got to, Toastmaster will teach you how to do sound bites. You know, how you can take a commercial is what, only 60 seconds, and look how much you can say in a commercial. But most people don't know how to confine uh, what they need to say, and they, they just they go on and on, and the people lose what thoughts they're trying to make. That's what I like about Twitter. Twitter makes you uh, confine your thoughts because you can only say so many words. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have. You can only, so it makes you look at, well, wait, what can I cut out? Because so you don't need to say a whole lot. You need to be straight to the point. I really recommend Toastmasters for anyone out there because it really helps you to be able to answer questions quickly, being precise, and not just all over the place. And I, I see a lot of people like that. I've had guests like that. In fact, I did a class once on how to properly do an interview, and I might, that's one of the classes I probably need to do again, because you got to be able, people, they want a fast answer. They want to answer, but they don't want you to talk all day. But um, how, how is the, um, 
how is it, Mr. Milligan and the rest of your team, how are they doing as far as uh, the business is concerned? They're doing good. And, you know, what I created was really like it. And I've been an inspiration uh, to all of them, to so many people. Like I had one young lady, Sophia Shield. I don't know if she met her. She came to my uh, Living Trust seminar, and she said, I always wanted to meet you. I've heard you on radio. And she said, I want to stick right by you. I said, okay, good. So she got her notary license. So she knew that I was a notary. So I mentored her. Here's the do's and don'ts. Don't get caught up in this. Look at their license good. And now, and then she st- I started sending her out doing notary jobs for me. And she started doing intake. I taught her how to do intake, how to go out and get the information from the people that, you know, that needed a trust. And now she's enrolled at Cal State in the paralegal course. I mean, it's all about mentorship. It's about helping somebody else get to the next level because that could be the same person who will in turn uh, come back and help you. So everybody's doing well. We work as a team. Is there something that I don't have time to do? I can have Mr. Milligan to do it. Uh, he's working on a project. He has questions about some areas that I may have had experience when he has not. He'll ask me, have you had a client that had this situation? Yes. Oh, yeah. Here's how you do it. You do it this way. It is so wonderful to be working with other people. I'm going to say again, those who are in business, please don't become solo. Don't be the only person there. Work with other people. You can learn from them and they can learn from you. So don't be afraid to share information because the same person you help may have to run your business one day if you become ill. So everybody there is doing good. Uh, question. Um, when is the next Black Rose on Tour for the fans who want to know when the next Black Rose on Tour is? It's Saturday, March the 25th, and it's going to be at Carson Community Center. And I, I wanted to take it back to Carson since because these places, hotels and places, man, they off the chain when it comes to parking. I went to an event uh, last week at West End, Western Inn Hotel on Century. That yeah. parking was like $42. I mean, so how many people are going to come to your conference and pay all that, even though I also want to always make it a place where it is it is um, affordable. That's why we do the booth sales and that kind of stuff to pay for the, the event, pay for the place and all of that. It's free parking, and I think that's important when we can have get people well, it can come free. So I will always have the admission for Black Lives Matter, too. It's going to always be free because it's a family affair, and people can come and they can bring their, their, their children. This year, though, you know, we used to do it from 10 to 6. So now we're going to have to do it from uh, 10 to 3 because the facility on weekends have to get ready for people who haven't functioned at Saturday night. But people just have to come on time from 10 to 3. You can get to see the whole thing. We still have seminars for people who want to write. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited because You know, I meant to tell you, I used to, I enjoyed, I used to enjoy a meeting before the, tour, the Black Rails and Tour started uh, for all the writers, for all the writers or the booths, people who have booths 
or majority of the people, I guess it was on the flyer, I guess. Uh, are you still doing that? I am still going to do that. You know, most people have said to me, uh, Prince, that that was a highlight for them. So they got to hear from other people, talk about their book, and they got to meet authors there. And even though they had a booth, they had just made note of the author that I want to get that book. I want to go and talk to them. I like what they have done. I can learn from them. So you're absolutely right. I have really gotten a lot of praise for bringing all those uh, vendors and the authors together. So oh, thank no, no, you no. for reminding me. I get, I get that. It was a special part in the very beginning before the uh, Black Wrestling Tour started. It was a part right, where you, all of the, you took all the writers in one, took all the writers in one room um, yeah. away from the venue before the, the, yeah. the Black Wrestling Tour started. And you gave us yeah. a pep talk about who we are, what we were there for, and pretty much it was a speech you gave that was really inspiring to me, like about how your family should be the first uh, partaker in your in your business, and pretty much you pretty much something to the effect of that, like that about um, how families should be the first takers in your business and 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 stuff like that or whatever. I forget the exact wording, but yeah, it was something to Exactly. I, I was telling the author they shouldn't have to give their book to family members. They should be the first one to want to pay for your book. And I shared with them that my son was a cosmetologist. And people would say to me, you mean you pay him to do your Yes, I should be the first one to want to put money in his hand. He's in business. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I believe in that, and I always share with authors. So they'll go and get that book printed and feel like, now you can give your mother a copy. But for me, I would pay for anything that my children have just to encourage them. And speaking of that, when I've done books for uh, a people from Af- African, guess what? When they have their book unveiling, I remember doing one for, for a guy, and this man came and he gave me $100. And I said, oh, let me see how many books you can get. He said, oh, no, no, no. I just want one book. He said, that's how we do. We help people launch that business. So they were just coming giving me money and and just getting the one book. I said, whoa, this is really nice. Isn't that great? Yes, it is. They can launch that business. I thought I had to figure out how many books they could get for $100. They said, oh, no, this is how we do it. So, yes, that's very important to have that family support. And family should not ask you if you have a store. They shouldn't come to my store and pick up a product and give me a discount. No, you should be the first one to want to see me excel in this. You should be the first one to buy my book or whatever I'm selling. I have a question. Do you, as far as as far as far um, social media pages, do you have social media pages for people to come to or – um, for your business or you, you personally, do you have a social media page that you want to give the yeah. fans so they can reach out to you? And... Absolutely. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Rosen Milligan is my Facebook page. That's Facebook.com forward slash Rosen Milligan. That's M-I-L-L-I-G-A-N. My website is drrosie.com, and on that website, you can click books by Dr. Rosie, and you'll see all the different books that I've written. So, yes, I'm social media, Facebook, 
LinkedIn. I have a YouTube channel. They can go to YouTube and find me there. And and actually go to YouTube. They can look at a lot of the uh, radio shows that I've had. So, yes, I'm out there. And I suggest anybody in business, you want to dominate. You want to have all of those outlets. And you want to be active on them. And, And remember, send stuff out, not not an ad, always trying to sell something. Just send out information. And another good thing, and Prince, you should do too, is just start doing press releases and send them to newspapers about um, anything that you hear in the news that pertaining to your work. Do a press release. They may not put it in this week. Don't say, well, I won't. They didn't put it in. Keep sending because one week when you send it, they may not have a lot of stuff to put in their paper. And so let me get Prince George's press release. So you just have to stay well, on I, I'm getting into I'm getting around to that right now because I have a lot of things that I wanna I wanna discuss with you off air, of course, that I'm working on that I want to get your opinion about or give you an update to. So yeah, I do have a lot of things that I'm currently working on and that is one of them. Uh that I'm currently working on outside of uh uh doing this podcast. But yeah, um yeah. Yeah, keep your keep your face out there, keep your name out there, you know. Yes. And when you have events, put it in all these little local papers, and you know, they put it in calendar of events. Sometimes they put it in, sometimes they don't. Brand yourself. I can't tell you how important it is. Keep your name out there, so if people think of a company, they think of what you do. They will think your name. They'll think of your name. Yep. Um, so I think is there anything else you want to discuss um real quickly? Or no, anything you wanna say or is there anything you wanna to say to the fans before you get up out of here? Yes, I wanna to say to all our fans is to have confidence in yourself and whatever you wanna do. Don't be persuaded by what other people think because you know what God has told you to do. You know what you were called here to and your purpose. And and if you're a writer, do not uh, let anybody deter you because sometimes you can show them your work and they go, oh, ain't nobody want to read this. They got too many books out there like that. So uh, don't do don't do that. No, be sure. I've always been sure of what I could do. I never got discouraged because most times people tell you what you can't do, Prince George. These are people who have never done what they're telling you you can't do. So how do you know what it's all about, you know? So all I can say is be encouraged. This is a good time when people talk about hard times. This is the best time right now to do what you are going to do. So get started. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Milligan, for your wisdom and your knowledge and willing to share your what you've learned and and helping and myself and all of the fans out there who's listening. I very, very much. And to the fans, thank you guys for tuning in to the Number of Today Waves. Like I've been promising you guys for a while that I'm going to bring some great, inspiring guests to the show. And as as I speak to one of them right now, Miss Dr. Rosie Milligan, who I have the pleasure of knowing for many, many years um, of her, a lot of wisdom, her knowledge, uh, her expertise and a lot of different. So I wanted to. Um, 
I wanted to make sure that you guys had the opportunity to get her soak up some of that wisdom, some of that knowledge um, from a, a great person that I've gotten a chance to know for many, many years. And with that said, I'm going to um, say my goodbyes. Thank the next time. Buzzy time, same FAD channel, same um, same warfare time zone, y'all, and love you lots. And I'm going to leave you with this song, uh, Dreams. Dream on, ooh, what the future holds. 